Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are on our final week of toughing out a tough job. That's right. We've kind of gone through a series of ways to tough out certain tough jobs. And today our focus is on toughing out a job you hate. Just sucking the life right out of you. You can hardly get out of bed in the morning. That's right. You don't want to go to this job. (laughs) Now, I see kind of a difference between a job you hate and a job you're bored at. Oh, yes. And the job, you know, you're bored at, I see you still have some kind of positive interest. It's just you've lost uh, what's interesting. You're learning it. Right. Same old, same old. Job you hate, though. Another story. Oh, gosh, these are awful places. And we really need to get out of here. There's really nothing to redeem in a job you hate. This is an easy one. If you had the option to go, you need to start, give your gift, yourself the gift of preparing a resume and talking to people and looking. But that's not what this series is about, is it? So if we need to stay where we are and tough this out, we got to make some sense of this and give ourselves some alternatives to the life-numbing aspects of Yes. So how do we this help these lost we souls? In. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take power back for ourselves and say, this is my life, this is my day, and um, I have some choices. And though they're limited, and I don't have as many alternatives as people in healthy working cultures, I'm going to um, exercise them. And so we're going to discuss three areas where people can exercise some choices and have some say in their day. And come up with some alternatives so that the hateful part of their field doesn't literally send them into depression or something horrible. Briefly, there's always things to learn. So one thing we can do in a horrible job is look around for um, new skills, new responsibilities, uh, an edge to contribute something that for us would give us a sense of making a difference, even if it goes unappreciated even if it goes unnoticed, because we're not doing it for them, we're doing it for us. So create meaning by making a contribution. Next one, connect. Relationships are the fabric of workplaces and workplaces over time. So within your own company and amongst your vendors, amongst your clients, you know, use the opportunity to get to know people a little better. Find out what they're doing, who they are, connect on a deeper level and share time and stories. And you don't know, you cannot say today what tomorrow uh, might become of that relationship. It could be a work opportunity. It could be just a way to tough out the situation in you choosing to make relationships more than just the ones you have on the job you hate. And the final thing is just having to do with your own personal growth and coming up with areas of, you know, look at your own maturity as a team player, as a leader, as a practitioner in your field? You know, are you playing at the top of your game? Is there ways you could improve and enhance your skills and make just for yourself, do some learning, learn a new field, learn a new subject, take an art class, take something in an area of interest that you're growing and developing as a person. And that will help you in a tough, tough situation. I was struck with kind of the connecting with people because we've often talked about that and Mm -hmm. kind of connecting with people in kind of in a natural way and in a way that's just about getting to know people. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was just, I mean, that could be just such a good source of keeping you you alive during the day as if you form meaningful connections with either the people you work with or those kind of that peripherally relate to you. 
It could be anything from the people that you casually cross paths with regularly. You know, if you stop for coffee in the morning, do you chat and joke around with the people who work there? That's a very low-key, very small-scale relationship that maybe nothing will ever come up, but it will be, it will refresh you. Maybe there's somebody in another department with whom you don't work that just, you know, shares a interest in sports or another aspect of the company and or has an interest in leadership or organization that you share, you know, uh, make a point to find them, and take a coffee break together or a lunch together and kind of get into those topics. You really hit the nail on the head when you talked about just what's casual and comfortable for you. And that's kind of what you'd be looking for in other people. You also mentioned just finding different skill sets and so forth. How do you do that if you're kind of limited? What kind of personal development can you do if you're stuck, let's say, at a reception desk or somewhere where you don't have a lot of flexibility? Well, one thing is to find what I would call a sponsor in the firm. And how I'm using that word is I want to make a distinction from your supervisor. Your supervisor's got all these expectations of you. It's very job-oriented and probably part of what you hate about the place. A sponsor is just a friendly person who's in another area of responsibility who can show interest in what you're doing. And so if you're a person without a lot of power and a lot of, not a lot of options, if you're you know chatting with these people, you can just express interest in what they're doing. Just express interest in what someone else is doing. You know, that's very rare. And one, they will light up because people, you know, they like what they're doing. They'll get into it and they'll enjoy sharing it. And that gives you an opportunity to keep the conversation going and ask more questions. And just in the context of this relationship, you can learn from this person about what they're doing. And that is a form of learning. Uh, Maybe down the road that could turn into a, you know, I've always wondered about that. Can you show me how to do that kind of questions? But at the beginning, you'd be amazed what you can learn just showing interest in people who are doing different things. So I would start there. Because then you're combining the relational dynamic with your own learning curve. And what's significant about what you're not doing is you're not trying to function in any structural organization-based program. So you're not asking for job responsibilities in someone else's department. You're not asking for permission to learn something outside of your job description. All of which things, you know, would probably be denied. Just the relational interest gives you your in finding out more about what they're doing. Well, I mean, these are certainly just um, small things to do. I mean, we know we can't necessarily fix a job that we hate, but I think, you know, in our introduction, we talked about no situation is all bad. So it's it's sort of like finding these things that give us life in the midst of a terrible situation. Yeah, if you wanted to bring it real down to earth and practical, you know, just set three real specific goals for yourself. One of them having to do how you're going to do your job as best as possible. Pick one aspect of what you do that drags you down and just say, because I want to become this kind of person, I'm going to show up excellently and it's going to look like this. That's your contribution goal. And your connection goal, just pick one person that you want to get to know better. Just start with someone and come up with some casual ways to chat about what they're doing, how you would want to overlap and experiment with some connecting. And then set up one personal area of personal development that you'd like to learn more about, grow in. Instead of being skill-based, this is more you know, maturity-based learning. That you want to become better at hearing client needs. You want to learn what makes other people tick and what motivates them. You want to become a better listener. And just three things. 
three simple things, and that shifts your whole focus to those three things, and it's very effective in releasing a lot of the power, the awful part of your day has over you. Well, I hope this series has helped our listeners get out of a place where they're just passive and victims of what's happening to them and to empower them to take control of their misery, as it were, just take control of those things that they can take control of so that they're just not in a passive place where things are just happening to them. That'll be like night and day and how you wake up in the morning and experience your day. You know why you're there and you can articulate that to yourself. This is why I'm here and why I have chosen to tough it out. And here is two or three specific things I'm going to do in this tough situation to make it meaningful and a growing experience for me. In the meantime, you will find that you can derive quite a bit of satisfaction as you tough it out, as we say. We thank you once again, Carl, for your insights. And if you have any ideas or questions or comments about our blog, join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production. 